Do you have a favorite celebrity that you fawn over night and day, constantly thinking about this person, male or female, whoever they might be? Well, do we have a product for you? We have sourcers all over the globe at this point working on behalf of Atlanta's own where they will provide brand new sheets to whatever celebrity you would like. Said celebrity will sleep on these sheets and then the very next day you will get the dirty celebrity sweat sheets delivered directly to your doorstep for a slight shipping fee on top of the price of the celebrity sweatsheets. Um, new, 100% new on the market. Get it now. Celebrity sweatsheets. Other bodily fluids that are not advertised may be included. <laughs> What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week, and in this case, month that was in Atlanta professional sports, with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, welcome back. How's it going, sir? Woo! Graham, it's going great. Excellent. <clears throat> great to be back here. Um, I don't know why we were gone that long. I don't like it. Very Let's plan our vacations. To be the same week next time. Yes, we staggered our vacations, and it turned out to be a disaster for the show. Yeah, um, there's so much going on, and we chose a great day to re-record with the trade deadline just ending. for baseball. A couple hours ago as we record this, but Graham, it's great to be back. Um, I was actually in a couple different sports cities in the NL East, Mm. uh, New York and Philly, so I've got a lot of hatred built up in me, and I just... Very excited to get some of that out, out today. I think this is the right place to do it. Yeah, the Braves have been very active on the trade market, going all in pretty much on, on relief pitching. Let's not just jump into it, Grant. What's up with you? Oh, well, not We're much. Supposed to do okay, of course. You, of course. Remember how to do this? We uh, it's been a while, man. A I don't bit. know. I usually say a little preamble. Right. And then, and then you say something about how you're tired or you've been sitting in traffic. Right, or, right, right. You know, right. Of you're course. upset about something. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I, the general population. I think I'm still uh, on in, uh, UK time. We went to the UK, uh, London specifically, for six days, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but I still don't think I have recovered. Like, I don't feel like I know what time it is ever. Like my internal clock is just feels like it's permanently fucked. Well, you have been back for like two weeks now. Yes. So I think it's just permanently screwed. I I, I mean, I can't be one to judge how your body reacts to things. I just think I'm done. Like, I'll never know what time (laughs) it is again. Like, I feel like it's midnight right now. Reminds me of the, you seen the Parks and Rec episode where... Andy comes back from being in London, and his clock's just all messed up just like yours, and, like, April's really upset about it, and she goes outside at 2 a.m., and Andy's out there mowing the lawn. That's how I feel. She's like, Andy, come to bed. He's like, can you give me a beer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, like, okay. that's that's me right now. Um, but, yeah, that was a ton of fun. Went all around, saw our boys Bob Dylan and Neil Young out there, so that was a lot of fun watching them share the stage. Um Total blast! Recommend if you can, if you have, if you're lucky enough to have the the funds to take a trip over across the pond. It's a, it's a total blast. You can do things outside of just touristy bullshit. There's just a ton of stuff to explore, tons of places to drink, gamble, uh, 
just walk around, experience new things. It was, it was a, a lot of fun. Uh, it was interesting when I was over there, the Braves, I think, won almost every single day I was there. Mm. Um, I think the last day they lost the game, but it, it was uh, it was weird not being able to watch any Braves games because we would come back and we'd go to sleep around 12, which, you know, for... Uh, or, or one, and for people here, that's like six or seven in America. So I was like, oh, I can watch a little bit of the Braves game before I go to sleep. But YouTube TV does not work in the, in the that's UK. That's really annoying. It is. Like, I was trying to do the same with uh, Fox Sports Go to watch a Braves game, and all I could watch is the Phillies game. Mm. I don't want to watch that. Awful. Who wants to watch that trash Very game? Very unfair. But speaking yeah. of Phillies, I did attend a Braves-Phillies game. Oh. And while I was in Philadelphia... We had awesome seats down the first baseline, the closest row to the field. I literally spit on their field. That's good. Which I did for you and all the users of Atlanta Zone. Very fair. We appreciate that, bro. Uh, that was big blowout. Uh, the first game of the series, crowd was extremely quiet the entire time, which was phenomenal. Braves kicked their ass that night too, right? Yeah. 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 yeah that was um, B Mac led off the scoring with a bomb in yeah. the second. Yeah, second deck. That was good. Which we were so close to getting that ball after they threw it back mm-hmm. because the ball girl picked it up and Veronica, who's a huge Brian McCann fan, she sure. actually got up and was like screaming trying to get the ball. And the girls, ball girl's running right at us with this Brian McCann home run ball and gives it to some stupid Philadelphia kid that doesn't care about that ball. What a loser. Probably lost it on the way out of the ballpark. Probably. Or probably threw it out in the field when you weren't looking. Yeah. Yeah. But, Ridiculous. Uh, it was a good time. Good to see Braves win, but uh, glad to be back in Atlanta. Good. Yes. Very good. Now we can get into now it. Now we can talk. So now now I, we can talk I, I feel better now. Okay. So I think the first matter of business, right, is that we uh, talk about what I would say would be uh, certainly the biggest trade made uh, in the last 24 hours or so. Um, and if anyone disagrees with me, they can go screw themselves. So is that um, cranky? Well, no, 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 for the Braves. For the Braves. For the Braves. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Remember, when we talk about Atlanta Professional Sports right, I'm just making sure you remember how this is done. I, I'm, I'm trying to remind you. We only talk about Atlanta Professional Sports. We're okay. not talking about the Zach Grinke deal. All right. All right. It's that we, uh, we got the incom- incomparable John Ryan Murphy from the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, a uh, highly prized catching prospect hitting 219 uh, with a 265 on base percentage and 357 slugging percentage across 673 plate appearances in the big leagues, according to Talking Chop. Um, I don't think he's a prospect. Isn't he like a veteran? And I thought, well, I heard John Ryan Murphy, and I assumed he was like a country singer or something. Right, with the three names. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I think he's like just some stupid veteran. Well, he's in the minor leagues right now. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not a good veteran. No. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's not very good. I think it's just for catching death in case something happens to uh, – to McCann or Flowers, God well, forbid. The kicker this year is you can't make any moves after, like, as of now. The, the waiver period doesn't exist anymore. Right, which we falsely reported, yes, I think. Yes, we, uh, we did. Either last show or show before that. Yeah, there is no waiver deadline at the end of August, so this is it, which is why a lot of teams Who's are... Who's on our team now? I think um, it was reported that, like, five... Something like... I don't know. There was like t- over 25 deals done or something like that. It was exciting. Yeah, there's a ton of things happening all around baseball. I haven't right? had that much fun watching ESPN in probably 15 years. <laughs> yeah. uh, like Buster Olney was on. Do you, do you watch any of the baseball tonight? 
I just watched the show. MLB Network. Yeah, he was on a. He was just on like the side of the desk the whole time. He's on air the entire time, but he's yeah. on his laptop checking his phone the entire mm-hmm. time. And he, every now and then he'd just chime in with another huge trade. So it did make it more exciting. I'll give him that. Yeah. The uh, Braves, Adam, are up six and a half games on the Nationals after taking two or three from Washington and two or three from Philly when you were there, which is great news. However, we could have very easily been swept at the because of our uh, calamitous bullpen that is sort of coming undone. And even though they have had that great ERA, uh, I think since May, like the three fives, um, this month it's been a five seven ERA. Uh, we've talked about before in the past how volatile this team can be. How can they go through? They can go through stretches in terms of the bullpen where they're rock solid, and they go through stretches where you don't know who to give the ball to when the starter comes out of the game. So. Uh, another blown save today, collectively, by the bullpen. And it just gave further credence, I think, to um, validate what Alex Anthopoulos has done, which is traded for, which he has traded for a uh, bona fide closer in Shane Green from the Tigers. He's traded for a bona fide setup man, Chris Martin from Texas, and uh, a veteran who has a lot of closing experience in Mark Melanson uh, out of San Francisco, who hasn't been the guy they wanted when they signed him to a huge deal there. Um, cause he was a beast in Pittsburgh. He was getting like 50 saves a year. And Washington. And Washington. Yeah. And comes to San Francisco, gets, gets hurt, uh, doesn't pitch that well, but he's been solid this year. He's been a, he's been a solid pitcher out of their, out of their pen. Um, but yeah, three bullpen acquisitions are the main, is the main talking point here. So I guess that goes to show that in terms of the areas of need that we had, which, you know, after Marcakis fractures his wrist and after, you know, Gaussman has a rough start the other night, some people were talking about, hey, maybe we'll get an outfielder or a starting pitcher. And Popolis decided to instead put all his eggs in one basket to fix the bullpen, which I think, even though I would have liked to try to acquire a starter, I'm okay with this because we desperately, if we want to do anything in October, this bullpen was not going to be the answer, the way it was currently constructed. No, and I, um, I would like to thank Luke Jackson for his duty. <laughs> he had two separate phenomenal things he's done for us this year. A, he kept us afloat. Sure. He's been terrible the last month. Even I admit that. But <laughs> once Fiscaino went out, he did have some, a really good stretch there. Yeah. So we'll give him that. And B, he was so god-awful the last two nights. I mean, last night it was what, uh, like eight-run lead when he comes in just to get a little work, and then next thing you know, they're one batter away from tying the ball right. game. Fell apart. And then today, like, there was no chance he was going to hold a two-run well, lead. Well, it was it was, but, it was bizarre. Real quick, sorry. I know I have a habit of cutting you off all the time, but it was bizarre to me that your boy Snitker decided to put in Jackson after he labored last night throwing 27 pitches and then decides to put him in the game again today. It just really didn't make any sense. Well, it was all about forcing Anthopoulos' hand, because this was about an hour until the trade deadline. Oh, Yeah, the Shane Green thing before, didn't happen until... Before we had gotten Shane Green, or you say... What, what, I say Melanson. What do you say? Melanson. We'll have to look that one up. In my mind, when I read it, I say Melancon, but... <laughs> I've said Melanson my whole life. Yeah. Um, yeah, those happened after Luke Jackson blew the save, so... I think Jackson just forced his hand. It was kind of a win-win deal. Maybe it was a masterstroke by Brian Snicker then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, I actually need a better bullpen. This is the way to say, hey, let's Alex. Run, let's run about there. Yeah. Let's yeah. risk losing the game, but whatever. Yeah, because I, I think if, if he had put out Sean Newcomb there today in a clean inning, Newcomb probably gets the job done. Yeah, Newcomb was not given an advantageous uh, situation there. But overall, like I, I couldn't be happier with this. Um, I thought it was just going to be Chris Martin. 
Um, but to add three veterans just makes our bullpen. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a strength, but it goes from a glaring weakness to a possible strength. I think it's a it's become a strength when you get to October. Yeah. Um, if those guys stay healthy, and if you can get Swarzak back to normal, mm-hmm. then you got four solid guys that you can rely on, and one of one of whom is one of the best closers in baseball in Shane Green. And I like Newcomb out there. I think I think Tomlin's a great arm to have out there. So I don't I mean, want Tomlin pitching in October, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> Luke Jackson slotting him in the sixth or seventh inning. Take a little pressure That's off That's going to be a lot better for him. Yeah. The guy's got some good stuff, but, like... He needs a break. He yeah. needs to, like, not pitch for a week. He needs a week. Yeah, he needs a vacation. Yeah, he needs... He needs get away go, from the team. He needs to go to London for yeah. a week. It did wonders for my head. Yeah. I'm starting to feel a little more curmudgeon now that I've been back in America for a couple of weeks. But when I came back, I was like, I feel really good, minus not knowing where I am or what time it is. <laughs> right. Maybe it'll do, have the same effect for uh, Luke. Yeah, old Luke, like, appreciate your service, Luke, but... Um, Let's give it to some of these veterans that actually know how to close out a game relatively easily. Yeah, so let's talk. Go ahead. But I will say, in in terms of going all bullpen versus starter or an outfielder, um, the the market for the starters was just really weird after Stroman got traded to the Mets, of all people. That was very odd because there's a lot of rumors that we were going to get Marcus Stroman. For those that don't know about Marcus Stroman, a very good pitcher for Toronto, who's really coming to his own this year, has like a 70% ground ball rate, good ERA. Um, So, you know, he was, you know, a lot of people thought he was going to go to a contender, like the Yankees, the Astros, the Braves, someone uh, who needs some pitching help. Instead, the Mets make a move for him, which is very strange considering how shitty their infield defense is in particular. He's not being put in a position where his numbers are going to improve And the fact that they're, like I thought maybe it was going to be they're going to flip Syndergaard or Wheeler. Yeah. Um... but the fact, I mean, they're not in the hunt. No. For anything. No. And so now it's like you get him, I think, through next year. But it is an odd move for a team that should have been selling, considering they're well under, not well under, well, yeah, they're well under 500, like 12 games under 500 yeah. or something. It's, yeah. It so, doesn't make any sense. But that kind of screwed up the starters market. So Anthopolis went out and got where he saw the best value and did it with only trading three of our top 30 prospects. Uh, Joey Wentz, who was like, I think MLB Pipeline rated him seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colby Allard was tenth, but yeah. I mean, we've both seen him pitch. Neither of us were upset about that trade. No, I was fine with that. He was him. he was one of the guys I thought would definitely be a, a trade chip we'd use this year. So. Um, and then what was that other guy's name? Feedy? Am I making? Oh, that up? De- Demerit. No, De- well, Demerit was gone too, but the other yeah. pitcher that was like he was in the Melanson trade. Oh, I know you're talking. It escapes my mind. Yeah, exactly. The guy yeah. I saw him, I was like, who? You're right. So, yeah. I mean, it's just great work by Anthopolis. Um, didn't lose Pache, didn't lose Waters, um, didn't lose, didn't lose Anderson. Anderson. Those are the three guys that you do not want to... Didn't even lose Kyle Wright. Didn't lose Kyle Wright either, but those three... And I, I was I was all ready to lose Bryce Wilson. I thought for sure he would have to be one of the names yeah. to go to get a Shane Green. And right. It was a little uh, cheaper than I expected. Yeah, no, for sure. Let's, um, let's talk about this first move, though, for Chris Martin last night. I was... Uh, out at uh, Raging Burrito last night having a couple of marks, uh, doing a little personal celebrating. And, uh, I agree. Stick to the land of professional sports. Okay, right. let's not I'm, get into I'm just, I'm just, a, well, it's, okay. it's important to when I saw the news. Okay. <laughs> it's important to when I saw the news. So I'm a little inebriated. Okay. And uh, I see, and we're watching, the, the game's on the bar, and we're watching, and this thing pops up. It's like breaking news. I see the Rangers logo. I'm like, holy fuck, we traded for Mike Miner. 
I like I like stood up mm-hmm. and I was like, Braves trade for Chris Martin. It's like who the hell is Chris Martin? Is this like some loser guy like Darren O'Day who's injured or um, who was another one of those guys we got last year who was okay but wasn't like anything special? Brad Brock. Yeah, Brock or someone like Johnny that. Venters or Johnny Venters. It was like. No, this Chris Martin guy is really freaking good. Yeah. And that's the big difference to me between last year's moves and this year's moves. Last year's moves felt a lot like, okay, we weren't prepared for this. Let's get some guys that can help but aren't going to like blow your doors off of them. We're not going to have to give up a, you know, right. anything. We'll, uh, we'll buy no, just because it'll look bad if we don't buy. Right, right. And we actually have a chance to, to win the division, which will do something for the fan base. But instead, this Chris Martin guy is excellent. Um, veteran pitcher. 3.08 ERA, 43 strikeouts, and only four walks on the season for a bullpen that's been maligned by walks since seemingly time immemorial in the Brian Snitker era. Uh, this is huge, huge news. Um, and I, I think this is a, a, a critical piece in us securing the division this year and maybe doing something in October. This guy, uh, you, look at his, uh, you look at his numbers, you look at video, he's got all, all the right stuff. And um, fantastic move. For those of you interested in this sort of story, he's also like the, he's got an Evan Gaddis type background as far as being out of baseball for a really long time. He didn't play professional ball until his like mid 20s, and that was in like an independent league. And he, like, he was working UPS, security, all these type, odd type jobs until he, because he had shoulder issues. And then he was just like, out by UPS loading dock, started throwing the ball with a friend and realized, oh, shit, my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. And that's what got him back into baseball. Wow. So pitched a couple of years in Japan. That's pretty cool. Um, and then I think he went to the Yankees, and now now here he is in Atlanta. So, yeah, I mean, great, great move. And, yeah, the the walk to strikeout uh, statistic is the one you're going to want to look at for him. Yeah, total totally nuts. Like, like I said, like 43 strikeouts, four walks this year. Which... Which is crazy. Hopefully the Braves' bullpen curse isn't a real thing, and he can come in here and continue that. Yeah, and since and since May has, uh, or excuse me, since June, his ERA has dropped from three four one to three oh eight. Um, he's going out there throwing a lot of clean innings, and uh, I'm I'm very very pleased. And he has uh, experience as a closer. He's, um, you know, over the course of his career, he has four saves this year. So if you need him to close for whatever reason, he can go out there and do it. Shane Green needs a day off, so be it. Well, that's the great thing about all three of these guys is they all have closing experience. Yeah. Versus we had nobody with closing experience. Right. And for the Rangers, this is kind of a you know a win for them, I think, in, yeah. in some respects, because they get a guy in Allard who does have good stuff, even though the velocity is not there for, with Allard. He's he was uh, you know highly touted, and you know when he actually had when he was able to locate his pitches. You know, in the minors at least, he was pretty solid. I never really saw anything in the major leagues where I was like, okay, that guy's got it, or got something that has a, a spark of potential. But you, um, in terms of like having being a mainstay major league pitcher, I mean, what the hell do I know? But just it was very limited exposure. But you know, with the amount of pitches that Allard can throw, and you just think that maybe if he can put together a better location, that could be he could be a solid major league pitcher, maybe. But he was not a guy I was interested in just because of the. How uh, you know our cup overfloweth with with excellent pitchers that also you know throw a hell of a lot harder than an eighty eight mile per hour fastball. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a perfect deal for both sides. Um, Rangers are getting rid of a good pitcher, but he was a rental anyways. Uh, and Allard, yeah, I would not be surprised if 
five years down the road, he's a solid three, four, five type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like I think his ceilings maybe like Julio Tehran. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, perfect trade for us. We get a good arm, and we're not giving up somebody who's going to be an ace in the future. Right. I don't see him being an Adam Wainwright. No, not at all. Looking back on, I mean, so. if he if he is, then you know what. So be it, because this is the move we need to make at this time, and he was an expendable piece. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, it was a straight up deal, just Allard for uh, for Martin. So other uh, other trade, Mark Melanson, Melancon, Melanson, Melanson. How are you going to we'll pronounce figure his that name? One out. Um, you know, as uh, so, I like to mention with Martin though that he is probably going to be a rental. Uh, he is he does walk after this year, so you're probably just going to get a couple months of him. But with Melanson and Green, they are under contract for next year. Which, which is huge. Which is good news. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really have to give up much to get Melanson. Tristan Beck, who I've never heard of before, and uh, Beck, yeah. the much maligned Daniel Winkler. Those are the only thing, only pieces we had to give up for a you know, very, very solid setup guy. Because we're taking on all that money on his contract. So the prospects weren't as strong because we were willing to take on all that money. Yeah, and this is something that the Dodgers do a lot. When they when they trade, um, which sometimes can inspire people to be more willing to be trade partners, because if, if they are getting rid of a bad contract or a contract they don't like, or they have they're on the hook for a lot of money, they know that the sense of message rest of the league that Anthopolis is willing to take on the salary for for a player. Well, not just Anthopolis, but Liberty Mediagram, who we've screamed about over the yeah. last six months for being cheap, right? And that our payroll at the beginning of this year was it was lower than it was at the end of this year. And I said over and over again, that doesn't matter. It's what it is at the end of the year because we had financial flexibility, oh, Graham. We used our financial flexibility we, finally. This is financial flexibility. Okay. We've taken on Keuchel and now Melanson. Something you can't do if you don't have financial flexibility. And we find ourselves in a position, despite not going making these moves at the beginning of the year, we're six and a half games up, we didn't screw our entire season, and now we can add the pieces that we need as we know what our ball club lacks. Okay. Okay. I won't, I won't argue. Your thoughts? I, I don't have any. Okay. Because honestly, yeah, maybe... I don't know. I just hate that term. Anyways, we did actually do something, which was nice. Um... So we do have to pay Melanson the remaining $18 million on his deal. But like we said, he's had a good season, 3.50 ERA, uh, 3.33 FIP, which is very good and actually better than uh, than uh, excuse me than Chris Martin. So that's that's nice. And uh, so that means that like the things that he's in control of, walks, homers, strikeouts, things like that, he's doing pretty well with. That'd so fielding independent pitching. Fielding independent pitching, yes. For those of you out there. That yeah. Aren't sabermetrics guys. Right. So I like this move quite a bit. And I thought we were done after we got green. Green was like the, oh, big, hell yeah. the big piece. I was, and I was I'm, stoked. And then I was like, oh, Jesus. We got Melanson too. Yeah. And then I couldn't remember if he still sucked or not. And I looked at his numbers. And I was like, oh, okay. He's still he's perfectly serviceable. He had that one bad year. Yeah. Now for the big hoss. Shane Green. Another magnificent season. Uh, 1.18 ERA. 43 strikeouts. Um... He's held his opponents to a 152 average all season, and he is signed through 2020. Um, this guy's a real deal. Excellent pitcher. He makes people literally swing out of their shoes with how good his stuff is. There's a great uh, gif out there of him striking out David Peralta, and Peralta just, like, falling down uh, because of the, maj- the majesty of, of Green's pitch. He's so, got Mike Soroka's stuff, huh? 
yeah, uh, he's got very good movement on all of his pitches, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a Braves uniform and us having a legitimate closer for the first time since Craig Kimball. Let's see here. Who, who do we go through after Jim Johnson, Vizcaedo, yeah. all that? Yeah, yeah, I like think an, you're right. Like an established, like, top tier. Like, right. This is a closer. There is yeah. no beating around the bush about it. This isn't a closer by committee. This is... Green is the closer now. I I heard the so he, he just said he talked with the Braves and they didn't like tell him hey you're going to be the closer and he was playing the good soldier saying hey whatever my role is Green was saying that yeah I'm I'm fine with it um, but yeah he's got to be the closer yeah there's no what would you do if Luke Jackson Luke Jackson's down? still the closer I got to question Brian Snicker's sanity because because the gambit that he that he did today. Would be all for naught if that was the case. Right. Then it would just prove that he's loyal point. to an extreme fault, more yeah, so uh, than Bobby Cox I, I, ever I was. I think Luke uh, finally pushed his luck today. You don't it? you don't make these moves if you aren't looking to have a new closer yeah. or to just completely reshape your bullpen. I mean, even Sorzak has not looked well since coming off a DL. So that says to me, Jesus Christ, is he still hurt? Um, you know, no one's pitching well in the bullpen right now. Yeah, not really. Newcomb's had a couple bad outings. Yeah. Blevins is Blevins. You know, you, you can't rely on anybody. You can't give the ball to anyone right now and be like, I have confidence in that guy. Right. Unfortunately. I might be jumping the gun here, but conversation I want to get into, which might be a moot conversation because by the time this podcast comes out, people will know the answer to it. Mm-hmm. But what moves do you see happening from the roster now? Someone's got to be DL'd or sent down. Couple people at least. Well, that kid who just got called up. Oh, uh, the guy who was having a beer in yeah, Philly. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. Walker. Walker. Yeah, Walker's probably going to be probably, sent down. I, I think send Austin Riley down. Get him some at bats in AAA. That is a interesting thought. I, I'm kind of torn on what to do with Austin Riley. Maybe wait till Dansby comes back to do that. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I don't know what to do with Austin at this point. And I don't know if you can send him down just because you kind of need depth there considering that Duvall and NCR Terry are everyday center fielders. I'm not saying that as a slight against them. I'm saying that as literally you got Joyce as your only other outfielder. I guess you can also include Camargo, but Camargo's playing short while Dansby's out. So really it's Culberson. Just, oh, and Culberson. So maybe you could send yeah. Sorry, I forgot about Charlie. So I maybe, forget about Charlie. Uh, my bad. My bad. So maybe you could send Austin Riley down and be okay with that. Um, I've heard arguments on both sides of this. Some people think... You know, he's already dominated AAA pitching. What's the point? But I kind of think there are things he can work on that he can work on here. He can go out there and play every day without risking, um, you know, hurting the team, which unfortunately is what he's doing at the moment. I mean, he's striking out every other at-bat right now. He struck out twice the other night There's a, a, against the uh, Nationals in the same at-bat. There was oh, a, a missed call. Yeah, there's a miss. Yeah. There's a foul ball that the catcher caught, but the umpire thought he didn't. And then, like two pitches later, he strikes out again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, he's totally, absolutely lost up there. Yeah, I think AAA would do him a lot of good right I, now. I think, I think you got to do it. He needs a reset. I mean, he's up here earlier than we thought he would be. He wasn't supposed to be producing like that. Yeah. But a lesson learned: as long as we call up who, whoever is slugging in Gwinnett right now, call yeah. him up, and he's gonna he's gonna race in offense. Yeah. My boy Adam Duvall, Graham. One thing I'd like to mention before we jump to Adam okay. Duvall. Okay. Is with Shane Green. Also um, has a 0.87 whip, 
So that's less than a walk or hit, or that's less than one walk or hit per innings pitch, which is outstanding. Means a lot of one, two, three innings. Yes, and uh, only has given up has only given up twenty one hits this year, um, in thirty eight innings. So really good stuff. And you got to think with the Braves bullpen, or sorry, the Braves defense being a hell of a lot better than the Tigers defense, it could be even better. Yeah. And like we mentioned, we give up Joey Wentz, who's a pitcher that probably didn't figure into the long term. Uh, I mean, he was a bigger prospect. He was a bigger prospect, but he probably a couple years away. Yeah, he's not Ian Anderson or anything. So, no. and Demerit is a guy we got from the Rangers a couple years ago, and I can't remember what trade that was, but he is uh, not a guy that probably you know was forecasted to be here in the future either. So yeah. it's fine, totally fine. Um, so our bullpen has been totally revitalized. At a perfect time of year to do it. Yeah. All right, Adam, let's talk about your boy, Adam Duvall. All right, so Adam Duvall, Graham, as you know, we traded for him last year. Yep. About this time. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a guy who was an all-star with the Cincinnati Reds. How the hell was he an all-star? He was an all-star. That doesn't mean anything. It's a popularity contest. Subjective award. He had... Bullshit. He had uh, two 30-home run seasons on his, uh, you know, on the record books for him. Yeah, and he came to the Braves last year. We we're hoping to platoon him with Ender, and it didn't work out. Hit a whopping one thirty two, one ninety three, one fifty one. He had seven hits and fifty three at bats. Negative point five WAR. I know the stats. He was god awful, yep. but he also wasn't getting consistent playing time. He didn't do well at Cincinnati last year either. Um, struck out a hundred times in hundred and five games. He had an awful season last year, and he hasn't really had, despite two thirty home run seasons. Um, you know he's been bu- he's been buoyed I think a lot by his defensive prowess, which was notable, particularly in the 2016 season. Where I believe he won a Gold Glove. Um, but once again, it's subjective word. I don't care. The biggest uh, thing I don't like about Adam Duvall is his inability to get on base and the high high strikeout uh, rate. Hundreds. And this is only in his full time playing seasons. Okay, so I'm going to use 2016-17 as my my anti Adam Duvall rant here. Uh, struck out 164 times in 2016 and 170 times in 2017. And he and, and that's over a strikeout per game, considering how many games he played. Plus, he had a sub-300 on base percentage. That's the equivalent of hitting below 200 in 2016 and only had a 301 on base percentage in 2017. Uh, so despite the fact that you do get power and decent defense, he can't get on base very effectively. But so far, in four games this year, he's been outstanding. So this goes to show how much better our depth is. Like, I didn't think we'd ever need Duvall this year. You got Markakis and Wright, Mr. Play Every Day, Markakis. But the guy, ex-All-Star, just went to AAA. He's still in his prime years of playing. He didn't complain about it. He retooled his swing, and he made a lot of changes, and he looks phenomenal so far. Well, his plate discipline uh, seems to be better, and his uh, he's, it's like his swing seems more compact. It seemed a lot, a lot more loopy mm-hmm. last year. This time, it's uh, he's very much just locked in. Um, I mean, he, and he, he has what four home runs and yeah. five games, but it could easily be six. Yeah, Soto took one away from him, and he almost hit another one today. Right. So I mean, he's he's done very well since coming back up. It's only four games, but it's it's been. It's been a hell of a four games, and he's been a big reason why we won the series in Washington um, over the last 
few days. So I don't know what to expect moving forward, but I think you've got to ride it out, ride out this hot streak. And I think he is the biggest reason why we didn't make a move for an outfielder. I thought Nick Castellanos out of Detroit was going to be a guy that we would pursue once mm-hmm. Mark Kakis uh, fractured his wrist. Um, but it turned out that we didn't pursue him, and I think Duvall had a huge you know, impact on why we didn't, just because he's playing so damn well. Well, him and, and Ender. Yeah, Ender showing that he looks a little bit like second-half Ender right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to be very, very tempered on my feelings towards these guys. I, I use their their past as a reason to believe that they're not going to um, do much because that's all I can sort of go off of. However, um, you know, Ender's done well since he's come back. He's also, I think, taken a little pressure off of Acuna in the sense that he's playing center field. I would say, I think I can say objectively that Ender is a better defensive center fielder than, than Ronald. And the good news is, is Ender's actually, you know, contributing offensively. Big time. And uh, he was struggling when he came back, 0 for 11. Mm-hmm. Then he hit a home run, I think, against Philly, and then everything sort of just started to click for him a little bit. So you got to keep throwing those guys out there. I think you definitely have lost a lot when you talk about losing Marcakis, not only what he does on the field but in the clubhouse. And I think you've lost a lot with not having Austin Riley in there hitting the shit out of the ball. But you've got Duvall hitting the shit out of the ball. Right. Though. But I'm just saying, like, I think I would trust – I don't not right now, but I'm just saying like if you had to compare the hot starts and who I would want more in the lineup after the hot starts, I would rather have Austin Riley. Um, even though I know it's only four games for Duvall, so that might be a little unfair. Mm-hmm. But I just think in the long term, we're not going to be as good offensively at those positions. But it's not the end of the world if they're able to contribute even at a a you know half of what they're doing right now. If they can just do half of what they're doing right now at the plate, it can be serviceable enough to be be decent and who knows if Adam Duvall has figured out something he's never figured out before I mean there have been bizarre out of nowhere heroes in October so you know guys like Marco Scudero for the Giants a little second baseman that won the NLCS MVP and was huge in the World Series um you know someone like that yeah JD Martinez he was just a very average player with the Tigers and then Sabermetrics got involved, and now he's one of the best players in the world. Right. Uh, David Freeze with the Cardinals. You know, he was never thought to be much of anything. And then he has that amazing 2011 postseason with the Cardinals. And then now he's been, now he's on the Dodgers and doing very well for himself. Uh, not what he was, but, you know, had his run, had his moment. So what we're saying is so, it's happened before. It's happened before with obscure characters like that, um, one of which turned out you know, as you mentioned, to be one of the best players in baseball right now uh, with Martinez. But I don't know, I'm not saying that Duvall is going to be that, but I'm just saying stranger things have happened where a guy who was, you know, down as luck, wasn't doing much, or was an average player, comes out of nowhere to just kick ass and and have his moment in the sun. Uh, you never you never know. So you got to let this thing with Duvall and Ender ride out. And you have really no other option right now because Riley, you put him in the lineup, he's, he's just going to – he's an auto out. He's what Ender was before Ender went on the DL. Yeah, so here's the positive out of all this. Our defense in the outfield is much improved with Ender, Duvall, and Acuna, Acuna versus Acuna, Riley, and Marquecas. Sure. I would probably agree with you, particularly – mostly just because well, of Riley. And, um, and moving – I mean, 
and Acuna, Acuna in right field. I and love him in right field. And a more field. advantageous position for him. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's fair. So your defense is a little better. Maybe your offense takes a hit in the long run, but you got to ride it out. And the good news is if those guys struggle for any reason, you have two viable um, replacements waiting and Matt Joyce and Charlie Culberson, even though I know Snicker likes to use those guys more in pitch hitting situations and spot very rare spot starts. You know those guys can go out there and play. And Johan Camargo. And, of course, Camargo, when, when Dansby comes yeah, back. Yeah, so, I mean, the depth is just so much better than what it was. I can't even remember that loser's name that was playing third base for us last year from the Orioles and made our playoff roster. I can't remember either. The only guy I can think of is Paul Janish, but I know that's not right. That was like <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> he was a hell of a defensive shortstop. He was. Yachty. Um Right. We, we had to just strike him from our mind. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those things where you just, you know, with past trauma, the, the mind just builds up a wall yeah. sometimes on specific events that you, and just doesn't let you remember. Can't remember that guy. I'm not even going to look it up. Yeah. Don't care. Right. He's dead to me. Jesus. Yeah. But the depth is great, and now we've got depth everywhere. Right. But the great thing now is that you go on this road trip, you take two or three from the teams that are nipping at your heels, and Philly and Washington, respectively, you're up to a six-and-a-half game lead on both of them. And you did it in spite of your shitty bullpen, which has now been bolstered to hopefully be a great unit with three great pitchers. And hopefully, like we mentioned, Newcomb and Swarzak can get their shit together. And you got those five guys. Don't forget about Luke Jackson in a lesser role, Graham. Maybe. But I'm just saying, those five guys, if they're in a good position, then you're, you're looking okay in the bullpen. I want to ask you, though, are you con- how, what's, what are your thoughts on the starting rotation at this point in time? All right, here's, here's what I think. I think going into the, the playoffs, you're more than content with Keuchel, Soroka, your one-two. I got to put Soroka in the one. Either way, I don't care. All right. That's, we're not having this stupid one-two-three argument like we did last year. Okay. Those two guys. <laughs> and then I can live and die with Julio. Like, they were saying our team record with Julio pitching is like 14-7 and seven or something like that. He puts you in a position to win ball games. He had a good start and last he, night. And he, like, he has a, he's, he's having another great month. He's, he has another sub-two ERA month going. Um, he's minimizing the walks as well. He's not giving the home, up the home runs like he used to. Right. It, it's been a markedly improved season for Julio. Already up to 2.5 war over his 1.8 last year. Um, a much improved ERA. Uh, he's only walked 56 people. Um, and we're getting down to the last couple months of the season. So he's in a good, you know, he's all right. It like, just goes. It's, it's weird. You <laughs> need a guy like that. Like he's just every five days, he's going to give you a chance to win the ball game. So I'm okay going to war with those three guys. And then we're going to let Freed and knock on wood, Fulty. I, I, I don't give up on Fulty yet. There was a, I heard there was a great article on uh, The Athletic. I don't have access to The Athletic, so I'm I hoping do. that you read it. I haven't. Uh, <laughs> but just about the pressures Fulty felt coming back from the injury. Oh, and I read like, that. That was a while ago, yeah. Oh, a lot of guys, like, so it's like a lot of guys wish it, saying, hey, you're our ace last year, yeah. you're number one, we can't mm-hmm. wait for you to come back and do that again. Right. And so if he can get his head right and well, come, come back in August or September, then that's, you that's, never know. That's the thing. If he's able to come back and have – you know, bear any semblance at all to the Fultonavich of last season. You're getting a mid-season acquisition because he's been terrible the whole season. Yeah. So if you had, in a dream world, 
Soroka, Keitel, Fulte as your top three going into the postseason. you got to feel pretty good about your chances. Yeah. But that's a big if on Fulton Avers' part. But if you have to roll with Julio or Freed, I'm a little more concerned about Freed because he's been a little eh, a little unreliable and given up too many runs to me recently, even though he's still winning ball games for the most part. Yeah. Like, the offense is kind of bailing him out a little bit, I think. But, um, you know... I would rather, and I've been saying this since the beginning of the year, our bullpen is trash. Our bullpen, not trash, sorry. Our bullpen isn't good enough. So, I've been saying this since the beginning of the year. Our bullpen is not good enough to do anything in October. And now, if these guys all come together and gel, which I assume they will, because they're all coming from pretty bad teams, you got to think that they're going to get even better with a good defense behind them. And they got to be excited to be here, too. They've got to be excited to be here on a, on a team that won the division last year. It's in a great position to win the division this year. That's a chance to actually maybe do something in the playoffs for the first time since 2001, and you're going to be a big contributor to that. You're shoring up the one area, the one big area that we've been deficient at the whole season. And you get, you get to play for a manager that players love to play for. And that you know you have you, a very long leash with. You, got the, you, you can <laughs> blow every single game you're in, and he's going to keep going to you. you got this young core that's just so fun to play with. Yes. Yeah, they're going to be rejuvenated. Yeah, and and that's that's great news. And, you know, no one in the National League got markedly better today, I don't think. I mean, I think the Braves got – Braves won the National League to me from what yeah. I've seen. Braves win the National, Astros win the American Astros League. Astros win the American League because they got Grinky, and but, that's that's huge. But we don't got to worry about the Astros. Fuck the no. Astros. No. Um, so, yeah, I feel pretty good about the team. Let, can we talk a little bit about how good Josh Donaldson's been? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. my God. I'd love to do that. Incredible, man. Uh, absolutely wonderful. It seems like every day he's hitting a damn homer. Or doing something to, to help you win win the baseball game. Um, yeah, watching the game last night, even Veronica pointed out that she's like Donaldson plays really good defense, doesn't he? He's a I was really like, good, yes, he he's does. a really good defensive yeah. third baseman for sure. Um, you know, he's he's having, I would say, um, his best best month statistically. Uh, hitting 268, 406 on base, which is excellent, 406 on base, a 646 slugging percentage. I mean, that's like all-world numbers right there. Maybe not the batting average, but the on-base and the slugging, that's what you want from a guy like Donaldson. Nine home runs to close out July. 26 ribbies, 17 walks. Uh, been just an absolute force offensively. Um, same in June. Had a good June. Didn't have as high an average, but also still hit eight home runs. And uh, had a 528 slugging percentage. I mean, last two months for Donaldson, but particularly this month, I feel like you got to start entertaining the notion of signing him to some sort of extension. Yeah. Even though I worry a little bit about how old he is and the health issues of the past a little bit. But You're worried about coming into this year, though. That's true, and he's proven um, proven all that to be wrong. So, in terms of... He's how, how old now? I think he's 33. So, that's like... Marcakis was 35 when we first signed him or something like that, you know? Well, I think he was like 33 when we... I don't know. He was in his early 30s, I think, when we but signed him. Now he's been here five years, right. so... Or chipper played until he was 40. Right. But now everybody's chipper. This guys. isn't football. Like. Yeah. Uh, and he's clearly in good shape. He mm-hmm. loves this team. The team loves him. His, you know, cocky attitude 
uh, I don't think has been a bad thing at all. I think it's given this team a swagger. I yeah. think he's mixed very well with the young guys, and he's really done an outstanding job playing playing defense. And now he's really hitting his stride in July. And if that can continue, I mean, you're looking at a truly excellent cleanup hitter for us, which we haven't had since Justin Upton. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. can protect Freddie and do so much damage on his own. I mean, the guy has immense power, immense power to all fields. I, I, I love what I'm seeing from Josh right now, and I think you got to think about, about extending him. It's going to be pricey. You know, if you sign for $23 million this year off a injury-riddled season, that's going to go up. But that was a one-year deal, so yeah. spread it out over three years. I doubt the average value would be that high. Yeah. I still think you got to see where things lie at the end of the season. But I think you've got to start thinking about it if you're Anthopolis. You've got to start thinking about it a little bit. Sure. All I know is the roster that we have right now going into the home stretch, I feel very good about. I'm glad this guy's a part of it. It makes us just the depth. I can't get over the depth, Graham. It's a vast improvement. I'm a depth it, guy this week. Yeah, and that and that just goes to, to show it, it just goes to show how good Anthopolis is at identifying talent. I mean, you think about Culberson. He brought Culberson here. That started it. Brought Joyce. Donaldson. Um, Duvall, maybe that turns out to be a good thing. I'm still, jury's out. But I'm just saying he's been able to find guys that have, I can't compare Culberson or, or Joyce or Donaldson well to Duvall yet just because he's only had like four good games in a Braves uniform. But he's already got more hits than he had last year. Yes, which is great. But I'm just saying overall, if you look at the depth of where we were, what he inherited from Copy and, and John Hart compared to where we are now, our bench is robust. Our bullpen has improved markedly now with these 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 new relievers, and he made the move to go get Keuchel, who has done a very good job. Which, how big has that been? Yeah, even though he's he struggled a little bit against the Nationals, um, but overall I've been I've been impressed, and I think the I think the best is yet to come from Keuchel. You know, if that guy gets the ball in October, he's going to show up. He's a bulldog man. Yeah, he's going to show up. Yeah, like this game against the Nationals the other night, like he definitely did miss like the umpire missed some calls for him sure that were huge sure um and i think bringing in sabatka to clean up that mess sabatka's got to go i think sabatka is one of the Sab- casualties sabatka's done to me like especially like when he had to come in the other night and gives it that grand slam to redone i was like why are you bringing in sabatka but then i also got to think about it from a snickers perspective it's like who the, who the hell do i go with i know yeah. you know yeah um it's sort of like playing russian roulette you just you know, you you spin the chamber and you hope you're not going to blow your brains out. Good point, Chris. More times than not, <laughs> recently, especially this month, we've blown our brains out with the bullpen. And the offense, thank God, has continued to score runs at a, at a really good clip. Whew, I just felt like I went through therapy, Adam. That was a lot of uh, good Braves talk. I know. I feel like I could keep talking about the Braves, too. But um, we covered the bases. Yes, I think, I think we've covered the... Uh, there. Switch to some Falcons talk, what do you think? We can try. We can try. Lots happened since we last talked about the Falcons, Adam. Got some big extensions going on. Grady Jarrett's been extended. Deion Jones has been extended. There's talks about uh, Julio getting an extension. Has not come to fruition yet, but I'm not really concerned about that. We also have football tomorrow, Adam. Hall of Fame game. That's pretty crazy. Meaningless preseason game. It snuck even, up on me. Even more meaningless than normal, but it's still football. Tomorrow's time to evaluate young talent. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about Grady. And I didn't think there was a chance in hell 
that this deal was going to get uh, going to get done because he had been franchised, which made me think, oh Jesus, he hates us now because we couldn't come to a deal and he's just going to play this out and then walk, or he's going to get franchised again next year and he's going to hate us even more. But apparently, he does not hate us because he signed a huge four-year extension with us and I believe became the third highest defense, uh, paid defensive tackle in the league. Uh, $68 million deal for four years. I, for one, am very happy that this got done. I've been saying for years how much I think that Deion Jones, Grady Jarrett, and Keanu Neal are the core of the line, uh, linebacking core and the secondary, respectively. Huge sigh of relief when this, when this happened while I was overseas. Yeah, both of those signings snuck up on me big time. Yeah. Like, I was with you. I didn't see us getting either of these done. I thought Dion had a better chance than, than Grady, but I did not think Grady was getting done I just don't fully understand how NFL caps work, because I thought we had too much money locked up in Matt Ryan and Devontae and to make all – Jake Matthews to make all of these people come back. But I guess now we have enough young guys playing that we have financial flexibility. Right. The word of the day. The word of the day. Or the deep words of the day. Yeah. <laughs> the phrase of <laughs> the day. Hashtag financial flexibility. Yeah. Um, huge. And, you know, the thing with Grady is that he's only 26. Yep. He's in the prime of his career. This is when you want to sign a guy like this. Yeah, he's a monster. He, he's a guy that other teams have to plan around. Yeah. Like, you you got to be ready to double team Grady. Right. Um, he's a difference maker. He's a beast. He's turned into a leader on this team as well. Yes. Um, and he comes from royalty, the son of... Uh, one, you mean one, Clemson one, University? No. Uh, the son of one Jesse the Hammer Tuggle, mm. the greatest Falcons linebacker yeah. of all time. Maybe that had to play him wanting to stay here. You never know. Yeah. Maybe he loves Mercedes-Benz and the fine dining options that they have. Sure, and all the all the different bars, the 100-yard bar. You know, <laughs> instead of instead of playing in the game, he's up there. You know, he's up there when the offense is on the field, maybe. Um Regardless of what it is, I'm I'm very happy that that Grady's a part of this this core unit because I think he's going to be a big reason why, if we have success, it will be because of Grady Jarrett. One, he'll be a huge factor in that. Um, Deion Jones was extended as well, four year, fifty seven million dollar extension, thirty four million guaranteed. We know how good Deion is. We know how terrible we were with him off the field last year after he had that injury. Um, there were. Somewhat respectable once he came back. Yeah. He made a difference. He made a difference, um, even though he probably wasn't at 100%. Uh, Huge, huge. um, Also, once again, like I said, the core core of the linebackers is is Dion, and you need that guy, and he shines in this Dan Dan Quinn-led defensive system we have. And hats off to Thomas for getting these two things done before the season started. That, That has to give us a lot of confidence, and by us, I mean the team, a lot of confidence. The guys that are here saying, "Okay, you, know, you put in your, your dues. You, you do what you need to. Do. You, you do what you need to do. Thomas is going to take care of you." And well, Big Arthur will take care of you. Big Arthur will take care of you, but Thomas has a lot to do with it as well. Right. Um, very good, very good on, on all fronts there. Um, Julio's extension isn't really announced, but I'm not really concerned about this. A lot of people are making a big deal about Julio not um, having this extension in place yet. But my, my thing is, he still has two years left on his deal. Yeah. So five, five, I don't what do we shit? I mean, I care, but, you know, it's like, it's not a still got a contract. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it was one year left, I'd be a little more like, eh, but it's two years left, for God's sake. So, whatever. Yeah, so re-upping these guys is great, but 
another key word of the day, Graham, depth. Yes. The Falcons are doing it as well. So we, we signed uh, another DN, Alan Bailey. Um, he's from the Chiefs. He's, he's a big uh, run-stuffing guy. Mm-hmm. But not only him, we signed two linebackers, one of them being Stephon Anthony. Do you know much about him? I don't. So he was a first-round pick out of Clemson University okay. a few years ago for the Saints, and like he, he was a starter year one. And um, he kind of just lost his way. I think he's been in Miami. Did I lie about him being a first-round pick? I don't know. But he is. he was on Miami. So we signed Bailey, but then we also signed Stephon Anthony, who I know him because he, he was a huge signing for the Clemson Tigers, got drafted pretty high for the Saints, and had a huge rookie season, over 100 tackles. And then he kind of just fell off the map for mm. the last three years. So, I mean, this is his chance to get in a new system, kind of revitalize his career. But the point is, he's still a veteran, and I trust a guy like Stephon Anthony, if we have the injuries that we had last year, to be able to step up and know what the hell he's doing, unlike all these rookies that were thrown in way too early last year. Right. So I think the Falcons realized their mistake last year by assuming everyone was going to stay healthy like we did in, like, 2016. Um, and, I mean, this depth is just going to it's going to go a long ways for us this year, and that that's the biggest difference that I see in this team versus last year's. Well, it could already go a long way, at least on the offensive side of the football. Caleb McGarry, who was the uh, guy out of Washington, who we, who we traded uh, to get the 31st pick in the draft this year, um, is unfortunately going to undergo some sort of heart uh, cardiac procedure, cardiac ablation procedure, um, to sort of stabilize in a regular heartbeat. So um, it's very concerning for him as a person. And uh, we hope that he, you know, makes a full recovery and everything's all good. It's not like he has to, you know, have open heart surgery or anything, which is good news. Well, apparently he's had this procedure done in the past yeah. a couple times. And he was out like six weeks each time. Yeah, which sucks because I think right now when you talk about the preseason and training camp, particularly for a rookie who's never undergone this this level of, of training and conditioning, these are valuable times. that, you, that This is valuable time that you don't get back. And well, that, that sucks for him. And this was his chance to win a roster sp- spot over your boy, Ty Sambrello. Well, not just ro- – oh, yeah, the starting position. Starting spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it looks like – and McGarry had been just taking snaps with the second team, so it looked like he was going to be a backup anyway. But you still can't replace um, – you, you can't replace that experience, unfortunately, of, of, of getting trained up during the, during the offseason. So in training camp – so I feel really bad for him, and I feel bad for, for us as a, as a team, as an organization, a fan base, to have a guy that we were really hopefully going to rely on to make a big contribution this year. I mean, he still might, but he's going to be behind eight ball a little bit. He's going to have to catch up fast. So it looks like Sam Brelo will uh, retain his starting position. But going back to your original point about depth, offensive line has got a ton of depth. Maybe not everybody's you know going to be an all pro, but you know you can plug someone in there. We're not like, I mean, I don't like Sambrello at all, admittedly, but I also know that he's familiar with the system. He's familiar with the team. Um, there are worse people you could put back there. He's not James Stone. We'll put it that way. We still have Schweitzer, don't we? Yes, we still have Schweitzer, but he's a guard and not a tackle. So that doesn't help us. No, at least in that position. 
But, um, yeah, it should be... I, I don't think there's going to be anything happening in this Hall of Fame game of note. It'll be fun just to watch the Falcons play again. Uh, Julio Jones came out this week and said he's not playing any preseason games. Your thoughts? Who cares? That's why I said. Like, who gives an absolute shit? <laughs> we Juli- got worked up about this the past couple years. Yeah. It worked out fine. Julio's an all-pro. Who cares? Yeah. And you know how I think m- he knows how to play. You know how many games he played in last preseason games he played in last year? Zero? Yes. And he had another amazing season. Yeah, I think he was pretty good last year. He had a better season last year than he did the year before that. So who gives a shit? Graham, Thank I, w- you. I went down a dark Falcons road uh, this week. Yeah. First time I've ever done this. So I was reading about Julio and the catch he made in the Super Bowl. And I was like, let me go back and watch this. The catch? I just watched the catch. Okay. But then like Did that kill your soul? I was like I was like, so we were up twenty eight twenty at that point with like four minutes to go. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't remember what we did after that. Did we trying to pass the ball, we got a there's a penalty. Did we kick a field goal? Oh no, that's the penalties that took us out of field goal yeah, range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I couldn't remember what happened, so I was like let me go back and watch the full highlights of this game. <laughs> and I got to, like, I made it through the first quarter. Oh, God. Zero, zero. Uh. Got to the second quarter. Uh. Saw Freeman's run. Did you watch, uh, what's his name, Alfred's interception? I saw Alfred's uh. But then I was like, no, 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 I can't. <laughs> I can't. You can't do it. I had to shut it off. Yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was a test in masochism. I forgot right about the penalties. Yeah, the penalties was bad. We were in field goal range with Matt Bryant. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I would not recommend doing that, Graham. Yeah, don't. I'd, Sorry, I brought it up. I br- I watched the highlights the next day after the Super Bowl just to make sure. Oh, good that Lord. What happened happened. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm never watching this shit ever again. I just remember like seeing Matt Ryan on Sports and being like, Yeah. And I don't remember what he said, but he just looked like someone had taken his his uh, had taken Sarah away from him and just like tossed her over a cliff. And he just looked like the most dejected a human has ever looked. I've ever seen a human being look. It was... Sorry. Oh, I'm just remembering how bad that was. I was drunk until like 1 p.m. that day. Like, I was still drunk from the night before. I was just miserable. Yeah, that was one of the worst Mondays of my life. That was... And I've had a lot of bad Mondays. Yeah, that was a bad Monday. And uh, <laughs> I just remembered, I was like, I gotta go to work, I guess. And I just remember... Oh, you went to work? Well, no. I, I got <laughs> out of bed and I got undressed to go take a shower and I just sat down in the middle of the room and naked just sitting there and just being like I can't I can't do this and I was like how I was just I was still wasted and I was just devastated <laughs> it was uh, it was yeah. awful Toa Graham if the Falcons ever win a Super Bowl we'll watch those highlights together afterwards the entire entire Monday will be spent watching those highlights and the entire Tuesday will be spent partying and watching uh, the great parade down Peachtree Street. Uh, we will no. be there, sir. We will definitely be there. Yeah, what the hell's the matter with you? Yeah. I'm saying we'll watch it. We'll be there. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you wanted to watch it on like... No, I don't want to watch it on TV. I want to be CBS it. local news or something. No way. I'm, I'm going to be on... I'm going to be behind the barricade screaming my freaking eyes out, crying like a schoolgirl. Well, hopefully we can get it done the next few years, Graham. We, yeah. got, we got a window now. I feel like this team is so weird because it's like a lot of the, it's, it's pretty much the same pieces. And hopefully we're getting our defense back at full strength now. Uh, we have a great receiving core with Ridley and Sanu. And uh, we obviously got a great quarterback in Ryan. 
I, I think the big thing is going to be Devontae Freeman. What the hell happens with him? I don't know. Uh, apparently, all, all I can say about him, he better have learned how to not take a hit. Yeah, if you don't adapt at this point, you're going to be out of the league in a year. B, I just hope he's watching work done highlights over and over <laughs> again. That should be his entire offseason. Yeah. Go out of bounds. Go down. Right. Don't try to run through everybody. Yeah. Don't be this isn't girl. Madden. This right. isn't Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> These are grown-ass men. Concussions are a very real thing. It's the real thing. Um, As he should know by this point, since he's had like three of them. In like, oh, yeah. He's got more history years. with concussions than me. That's yeah. for sure. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, he, he's a huge piece for us this year. Yeah, and the new in the new line with uh, Lindstrom and whether or not the other guard will be Brown or Carpenter, one of the new signings. So I just feel like it's a team that can go four and twelve and just like totally screw itself, or it's going to go twelve and four. It's like there's not going to I don't think there's going to be a mediocrity this year. I think it's either going to be amazing or it's going to blow up in our faces. Yeah, because all the tools are there seemingly to have a good team, but you just because of how we fared just in our our past just won't let us have a clear vision of the future. Indeed, Graham. Yeah. Um, great time of year, by the way. Sure. September's even better, obviously, once we're into regular season. And, um, you know, just the playoff run Yes, for baseball. Mm-hmm. But it's a good time right now. Indeed. Good time. A lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Should we do our Atlanta United segment? Yeah. I went to the game a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Who was it against? Houston. Uh-huh. The Dynamos, Ooh. I believe. Look at you. They won? Yes. They won by a lot. Frank DeBoer is looking better. Teams rounding into shape. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, go United. Interesting game against the Galaxy the other day. Um, some defensive miscues there were. Uh, I think L.A., Scored like three goals in seven minutes. And uh, it was a tough 4-3 to three loss for United. I don't really have anything else to say other than that. I actually watched that game in Philly because it was on ESPN. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. It was a weird game. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know why we're not playing Pity Martinez more. I don't know if it's just been so underwhelming that we're not just going to play him or if DeBoer has some vendetta against him or if, I don't know. Because I thought there's a there's a goal he had in a game a couple weeks it was like last week or something where he had this header that put us up two nothing I think we won the game. Um, and I was like okay, let him ride off that momentum and then he just wasn't really there in the, in the Galaxy game so I don't know. United's probably gonna be fine. It feels like there's like twelve years left in the season still so I'm sure they'll be okay. I don't think they're gonna repeat again. But who the hell knows? We're not the right guys to answer that question. I sure don't, Graham. We're lost without our soccer correspondents, Joseph, Alexa, or Arthur. We have no recourse to the law here. We're a bunch of losers. Yeah, this segment went on a lot longer than I anticipated. Yeah. When I, I jokingly started it. You figured you'd just say like a sentence and then be like, sure, sure. And then yeah. we just yeah, end the show. That's what I was hoping. Yeah. You did not get that. <laughs> <laughs> that was painful. Oh, one thing that happened with the Hawks that we didn't talk about, Jabari Parker. Yeah. What do you think about that? That's interesting. Um, I mean, he was like a what top five pick out of Duke. Yeah, no, he, uh, was he top, really, number two overall. Yeah, I he's think number two overall. He's really good. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a beast. I mean, he could still score though. Well, he's been he's had some issues with injuries over the years. Um, 
I'd say the biggest thing with him is he's a very good scorer. Um, you know, he had one really good year in Milwaukee where he's averaging 20 points a game, but he's never been, you know, a bum. The problem has been a uh, decline in games played since uh, overall. And uh, since 2017, you know, he's, he's played in, in 2017, he played in 31 games. In 2018, he played in 39. In 2018, he played in 25. So he's been injured. But he's never had a season where he's scored below 12 points, averaged 12 points. Uh, he's never had a season where he's scored less than 12 points per game. Um, he's got the tools to still be a good player. He's only been in the league for like five years, so I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but I think he can provide us scoring either off the bench or if he works himself into the starting rotation. Maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. But uh, I like this move for this team because it seems like we got better defensively with our rookies with, with uh, Hunter and Reddish. Now we're getting a little bit of offensive firepower, and I think this move, unfortunately for nostalgia's sake, uh, eliminates the possibility of signing one, re-signing one Vince Carter, yep. um, which is kind of a shame. But I also think that this is, this is good This is good for the organization. I don't know where it goes. I think it's a two-year deal, not really a big um, – you know, not really like a uh, a lot of money invested either. So it's sort of a low risk, potentially decent to high reward. Yeah, I mean the the roster's rounding out. I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, Falcons, Falcons football, Hawks basketball. We're excited about it all. Have you yeah. ever seen a time where you're this excited about all three teams at the same time? No, because it's usually like when one team's doing really well, either the other team or both of them or all of them suck yeah uh or just having you know mediocre years like when the hawks had that miracle 2014 2015 run it's like the other two teams sucked you know when the (laughs) when the braves were doing really well last year the other two teams sucked yeah um so well it's like we have good leadership in place in all all three teams right now in, in terms of gms yeah, I mean, you make an argument with the Falcons, I suppose. Right, but um, I think you and I both trust in Schlank. We love Travis Schlank. Um, we like Anthopolis a lot. Um, he's hamstrung by Liberty, but at least I will say this: he's not hamstrung. Did you see what he just did today? Yeah, he did some stuff today, but it's not like he's. Uh, you know, he has a lot more flexibility. I think we outbid the damn Yankees. I saw someone on Keiko. Right, let's be. Oh, 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 in terms of the Keiko signing. Yes. Yes, that is true. We 1.5 million was the difference. So the, the Yankees did not get Keiko because of that 1.5 million. Okay, fair. But um, in terms of today, I think it had more to do with prospect capital than it did for salary. Still taking on money. So taking on money. So we're not, we weren't, like last year, it felt like that was such a cheap deadline. And now this year, it felt like it was a legit deadline. So, okay, fine. I'll, I'll give them credit where credit's due. It doesn't wash away some other stuff. But um makes me wonder why we didn't do something like this before. But whatever. We did it now. Because we didn't know what our team was, Graham. I've already been on this rant. No. Our team was good enough to get us in a position to be in first place. And now you can fine-tune it. Okay. Yeah, all right. Whatever. I, don't I understand you've been reading way too much Braves Twitter. and It's not Braves Twitter. I, I stay off of Braves Twitter. Braves Twitter is a toxic wasteland of, of negativity. 
And maybe you think I would fit in I just there perfectly. Yeah, I assumed you but were the, I, you know, the head runner there. My, my thing is if you knew the bullpen wasn't good enough last year and you made no moves in the offseason, why? It makes no sense. Because what moves? There were plenty of David Robertson who's out for the season and sucked. We've had this conversation 17 know, times. But I'm just saying there were the other players guys weren't there for free agency. There were, and, and teams don't want to deal from their bullpen until they know that they're shitty at the trade deadline. You knew they were shitty heading into the no, season. The, the teams don't want to deal until they know that their team is oh, shit. Oh, okay. So, like, could the Rangers. You could have understood it better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. This done. Financial flexibility. Financial flexibility. Yes. Well, uh, we'll try to make the next episode a lot shorter. Thank you all for listening, if you're still out there. Until um, next time, rise up, chop on, stand brotherhood, and remain true to Atlanta. United Conquer as well. Sorry, United. Hospitalmanship. Hospitalmanship. I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's go to the movie. <laughs> Come gather around, people. To the boat. The time to you is worth saving. And you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. For the time they are a changing. All writers and critics who prophesize with your pen. And keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again. And don't speak too soon, for the wheel still is spin. There's no telling who that it's naming But the loser now may be later to win For the times they are a-changing And the senators, congressmen, please heed the call Don't stand in the doorway, don't block up the hall For he that gets hurt will be who has stalled There's a battle outside and it's raging Soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing Come mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of a new one if you can't lend your hand for the times that they are a-changing The line it is drawn and the curse it is cast The slow one now will later be fast As the present now will later be past The order is rapidly fading And the first one now will later be last For the times that they are a-changing